Hey guys, and welcome back to the Penny's Pounds podcast with your host Kia. And this is the podcast where we aim to dispel your myths, simplify difficult financial jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. Happy Monday, everyone. It's going to be a good week. And do you know why? Because we have such a great episode today. We're going to be talking about all things fashion. All things fashion. Now, if you know me and you follow me personally, I love to look good. I think everyone does, to be fair. Everyone has their own style and their own fashion. And to help us talk about fashion, how to, we can shop more sustainably and save some money whilst we're shopping. Guess who are you? Hi, I'm Andrea and I'm the founder of the Mindful Monday Method. Andrea, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. I think this is going to be a really exciting episode to talk about fashion. So tell us a bit more about what you do, how you got into it. So I started as a journalist. I was writing about shopping, actually. And then I became a full-time content creator on social media, also known as the term influencer, which I don't (laughs) love. Um, But I was participating in a lot of what influencers do which is the idea of newness, um, just a really fast turnover of your wardrobe and not really talking enough about the impact that it has on our wallets and also the environment. And it was about 2019 when I started doing something called the Mindful Monday Method. Every week on a Monday, I would go into stores and I would review clothing And it would be based on quality. Are you paying for what you're getting? So on the high street, as you know, a lot of things are planned obsolescence. So they only expect you to wear it for maybe 10 times max and it will start to fall apart. Or the quality is so bad that you won't be able to wear it again. And I realized that our money and fashion is so intrinsically linked to sustainability it didn't big it didn't start off being about environmentalism or anything like that it started off about how to essentially spend less and get more and then i realized what the wider implications were and uh this year i started posting my videos to tiktok and i had i think two viral videos and it's just been kind of a whirlwind since then that's incredible to have that growth and make that decision for yourself in that time is actually amazing. So I want to ask you about fast fashion. Mm. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, a lot of companies, they build with with in mind that people are going to wear it maybe maximum 10 times. Yeah. I think I'm pretty good at wearing my clothes. You know, obviously, it comes down to quality, but I'm pretty good at wearing my clothes longer than that. Fast fashion, there's a lot of chatter about it. Is it good? Is it bad? What's your thoughts on fast fashion? The problem with fast fashion is not necessarily that you know well it, it there is a problem that it is that cheap i will say that a lot of why people impulse buy is that price point and without going into the supply chain because i feel like that's probably <laughs> another <laughs> two hours somewhere else um to focus really on that consumer behavior i think we have to ask ourselves why Fast fashion didn't used to be like this in the early 2000s. And even then, things like Zara and Topshop, H&M, they were better quality. And I think if you can, I think I'm a bit older than you, but if you can recall being a child and and your parents buying you something, that um, jacket or that dress Mm. would last like at least five years. I know I can say that about my high street, my high street purchases back then. And now it doesn't. And I think a lot of that also has to do with our visual culture and idea of ownership. Um, And I think the idea of ownership is really, really interesting because people want to be seen in something new. They want to own a glimpse of a lifestyle, that lifestyle of having that carry walk-in wardrobe, that lifestyle of having a new outfit every time they go out. And one thing I've noticed that a lot of people do is they impulse buy for weekends or an occasion. And they have in their head a romanticized idea of who they will be, what will happen, and how their life will be different in this one occasion because they have a new dress. And 
it's really quite nice, but it's also not real. It's a complete fallacy. Um, and I think that's part of the reason people are shopping so much more than they used to and shopping at the rate that they do. You know what, you hit so many points there, especially when it comes to occasions. I know when I was younger, not not now, so I'm talking like teenage me, I definitely, if there was a party, you know, on the weekend, I'm going to buy a new dress, I'm going to do this and do that. Because you want to feel like I'm in the newest special. way. Yeah, yeah, you want to feel special. Yeah. It's an occasion, why not dress up for the occasion? But when it comes to someone who maybe is listening and wants to maybe transition away from fast fashion. Right. What would you say to someone? Because for example, as you mentioned, fast fashion is a lot cheaper. Mm. It's a lot cheaper. So it's a lot easier to just go in there and say, oh, that dress is only £30. Yeah. and get that. Whereas if you walk into Zara, that same, well, not same dress, but you know, another dress you might like might be a higher price point mm. of like £70, mm. £80. So I know for me, when clothes are a little bit more expensive, I'm probably going to sit down and say, do I really like it? I'm going to analyse it. It's not going to stop yeah. me from buying it, but I might, slow down my thought Less process impulse. exactly yeah. whereas when it's fast fashion if it's 15 pounds i'll buy it you know it's probably cheaper but it's fine yeah but what would you say someone like that so actually fast fashion doesn't necessarily have to be cheap in the sense of the word zara is fast fashion mm. so fast fashion is basically any brand or retailer that will have multiple drops a week it's about the uh, rate of uh, rate of production of clothing um the price point is actually it could be anything it, it could be anything. It probably costs um, a huge retailer the same amount of money to make, um, let's say, a polyester dress as it would cost Pretty Little Thing. But Pretty Little Thing is aiming to sell more volume because they don't have retail stores. Whereas a high street brand that you might think is better quality has more overheads. They have staff to pay. They have retail stores. They have... Um, other other costs that we aren't aware of necessarily. Um, maybe they don't own their own factories. We don't know. Um, and so they can essentially say, oh, this dress is 70 pounds. But Shein, for example, sold the same leather jacket, faux leather jacket that Zara did. And Zara uh, charged 80 quid. And I think Shein was charging 30 quid. Wow. And this was actually viral on TikTok. And I saw this girl who had looked at the label, which is great. I love that she looked at the label. <laughs> she looked at the label of the purchase that she had already made and it had a Shein label, not a Zara label. Wow. So they are not better quality just because they're more expensive. So that's why I find it so frustrating because, you know, if that were the case, then I would say, you know, okay, I mean, it's your choice, whatever. But the thing is that consumers are so kept in the dark. But to come back to your question, which is about how to move away from it. I'm never going to say to somebody that if you genuinely know or feel that you cannot afford um, a higher price point t-shirt or pair of jeans, I want you to feel good about your purchase, but I also want you to be conscious of what you're buying. And so I just aim to give that knowledge. And I think the biggest tip I would say is if you do have to shop only high street or only fast fashion, make sure what you're buying is natural fiber. And why I say that is because it's not planned to last and you're going to have to buy it again. If you are you know, accepting of those terms and you buy something that's natural fiber, it will biodegrade. It will leave behind less of a trace and it will have less of an impact on the environment. Not only that, but natural fiber um, is less likely to exacerbate any skin conditions. I know quite a few people who have anecdotally told me polyester, um, polyurethane, so um, fake leather, mm -hmm. has actually made their rosacea worse or made their dermatitis or eczema worse. And I think that's very telling because it is essentially plastic. Wow. Wow. You mentioned, you know, looking at natural fibers and 
I've been following you on Instagram and I see your Mindful Mondays. It's amazing, right? And you go through and you analyse, you diff- look at different pieces and look at the quality and you let, obviously, your audiences vote as well on their thoughts. Mm. But touch on that, so you've given us one element. Mm. What else should people be looking at if they've decided, right, I'm walking into the store. Right. What should I be looking at? Maybe on the tags in terms of the quality of an items. What kind of checklist do you go through when you look at items to decide whether or not you're going to purchase it? I will review almost any store because I always believe in... I mean, the collections change all the time. You've got to keep going in. But if I were a consumer and I was really taking this seriously, I actually wouldn't walk into any store. <laughs> to tell you the truth, don't even tempt yourself. Yeah. Um, I would unsubscribe to newsletters and sales uh, sale alerts. Um, you know, if you have any shopping apps, like um, even uh, Zara, Vestia, Netsporter, I would delete them off your phone until you feel that you are in a better place Um, because shopping is deeply psychological. But let's say you do go into uh, a store. Let's say you go to Zara. I feel at this point they're going to have a cease and desist. (laughs) I'm going to be banned for life. (laughs) I'm going to have to come in in different masks and wigs. Um, But let's say you go to Zara and you spot a blazer you really like. The first thing I would check is the um, just the overall appearance. Does it look like it's well made? And I think when the design is good, because let's not lie, they have great designs. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to tell, but just overall check it. Cause what I see a lot of people do when I'm doing these reviews is people look at something, they look at the size, they grab it and then they'll check the price after they, uh, tried it on or at, at the queue to, to pay for it. So I would just thoroughly check it over make sure there are no loose threads. The buttons are sewn on securely. You know, it doesn't look like it can just be pulled off. Cause do you know how to sew on a button? I do actually. That's actually really good. I do. My mum taught me. She she said it's a necessity <laughs> yes, that I should know how to prepare some of my clothes. So I do. I can that actually. Is. It is. Um, actually, when I asked my Instagram audience, I think forty percent of people said they knew how. Oh wow! Or they would be bothered to. Wow. And sixty percent of people said they didn't know how. That's lower than I expected. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh. It's 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 not great, but it's okay. Um, so. I would check for buttons. I would check for loose threads. I would check for uh, pilling. So all fabric can pill, which is these little bubbles you see. Okay, yes. It's more common on knitwear because of the fluffiness Mm -hmm. of the fiber. So I would check for those three things. And then I would check the material composition. Like I said, I would look for all natural fiber if you can. However, if you've just started doing the Mindful Monday method and you're really struggling and you're like, I really want this, then I would look for at least 70% natural. Okay. And I think that that has more to do with getting value for your money than any kind of environmental impact there but at least you're covering some of that you know at least you're safeguarding some of that because a lot of the time retailers will do um, synthetic and natural blends for example cotton and polyester or acrylic and wool to reduce the price point and increase their margins it's a capitalist world that's what they do you know you can't really you know be mad about it but if a consumer knows they're less likely to be caught in that. Mm, that makes perfect sense. I want to now move on to capsule wardrobes. Mm. Now, I had never heard this term until I was about 20, 21. Um, a lot of the, the women in my family said to me, right, you know, Kia, you're old enough. It's time to build your own capsule wardrobe. And I had no idea what they were talking about. But I'm going to let you explain it in better terms because I'm not good enough to explain that. But the way I interpreted it from my family members was that I needed to start buying statement pieces that were 
good quality but yeah. I could interchange for different outfits because at that, you know up until that point like I mentioned earlier I was a person who I've got a party I'm gonna buy a new outfit yep. and then I take an Instagram picture can't wear that again or I have to wait a long period of time yeah. before I can wear that again and before, you forget about it exactly yeah. and then now maybe my taste has changed or I'm not interested in that anymore so I'm probably not gonna wear it anymore but then you know it was, it was my family members who said you need to invest even though it's more expensive good quality items that you can just pair together, you know, a blazer and a, a pair of fitted trousers or different things. Yeah. But explain to us what capsule wardrobe is and is it something that people should be doing? Is it, I don't know, value for money? Yeah, just talk to us about it. I think the ideal is to have the capsule wardrobe, but I don't necessarily think that that has to be everyone's end goal. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because by now, most of us have just an enormous amount of things in our wardrobe. Yes. And I am not advocating that you get rid of all of it unless you don't wear it anymore or it doesn't fit or, or you know, you can't repair it. So I suppose if you wanted to talk about getting a capsule wardrobe, it's exactly as you say. And I think now is a really good point to talk about people's aesthetics mm. because when people think of a capsule wardrobe, they think of something beige and gray and black and white true. <laughs> and true. minimalist. And um, while most of us do wear that on a daily basis, cause it's easier. Um, some people are really frustrated by it and people who truly, truly um are obsessed with fashion, they see it as an art, they see it as self-expression, are going to be very frustrated by the end of capsule wardrobe. So what I would say there is, instead of thinking of basics, think of your staples. Like, write down or even photograph what you wear every day on a normal, typical week and actually break that down. Capsule wardrobe, I would say document, just have a little visual diary on your phone, just mirror mirror selfies, what you're actually wearing every day of the week. And actually look at it and be like, do I, do I like this? Do I like my style? Why am I wearing this? Is it comfortable? Um, and if that truly is that yes, 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 then that's your capsule wardrobe. And everything else you can then say, do I need to keep this? Should I donate it? Can I repair it? Why am I wearing it? I, you know, it, it is a little bit of hard work. Mm-hmm. It is a bit of hard work. And I think that's why people think, right, capsule wardrobe, I'm just going to donate everything I have, start with, start with fresh. Yeah. Start with scratch. <laughs> and, and copy whatever I see my favorite influencer wearing. Yeah. And that's not, that's unfortunately a little bit lazy and you're going to regret that. Mm-hmm. That is very true. I want to ask you as well, do you have a budget when it comes to shopping? Because I think, I think that is an issue that a lot of people have. You know, oh, some yeah. people might say, right, I've got my budget spreadsheet, especially a lot of people listening. I budget myself. I know this is maybe I'm spending maximum £200 every month. But yeah. some people tend to go over because there's yeah. this nice couple of things I want to buy and maybe I'll push it to 350 or 400 mm. But do you have a budget for yourself every month? Um, or do you have a budget that you'd recommend to people who are looking to kind of move into actually being a bit more mindful when it comes to shopping? I think giving somebody a budget is super difficult because I think um, incomes vary so much. And myself as a freelancer, I can, you know, match my boyfriend's salary one month and then next month I'll be like, okay, well, thank God I made a lot yeah. the last <laughs> month because now <laughs> it's true. I cannot go uh, out for dinner every every night of the week or get delivery. So I think the budget is a bit difficult. But yes, for me, why I started doing Mindful Monday is because I was spending like five, six hundred pounds a month mm. and it wasn't even designer clothing. And I felt gross about it. I was like, I don't even know where my wardrobe, like what's in my wardrobe. I don't even know what I've been spending this on. And I think, you know, like pop culture um, to reference Sex and the City again, I think there's one scene where they ask Carrie, like, where's your money? Because she needs money for rent or something. And she was like, the shoes. 
Wow. Right, like she opened, and and I think that just so glamorizes being in debt, and that just glamorizes bad financial choices. Um, you can tell I'm not really a fan of this <laughs> of this TV series. I think it's super problematic, but um, that that's that's the thing. I feel like uh, when it when it came down to it, I was very deeply uncomfortable, and I think it also had a big psychological impact. And why I called it the Mindful Monday method is because that those that year that I was spending that much money, um on fashion I was also super super depressed like I had to start therapy I had major anger issues I had it was just a whole host of absolute bs in my head right and when it when I kind of came out the other side that's when I really started reevaluating all my choices including how much I was spending and how my psychological state affected it you know what sales season is almost always here now do you remember when it used to be like what Three times a year. Yeah, you used to have to literally wait. I'm going to hold my wait. money until it's sale time. Boxing I used to always day. do that. Boxing day. I'd end of summer. Money. And now you just wait till the end of the week or something. Not even that. <laughs> you, you get discount codes every day on Every day, exactly. Um, so I still try and stick to the traditional sale times. And that's kind of how I budget. Well, you've given us some insight. Before we round off, I want to ask you, what are some of your favorite stores to shop at? I think everyone listening is probably wondering, where do you shop? Ooh, where do I shop? <laughs> So the method that I have gives you the freedom to shop anywhere you want as long as you screen the quality, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting, and the materials are fair to the environment. So like I said, natural fiber as much as possible. I think for basics, I quite like Arquette. And this is actually not a sustainable brand, no matter what they tell you. It's still oh, part wow. of the H&M group. I think they do a lot better than their their mother their mothership but um i wouldn't ever call it a sustainable brand uh, basics are pretty good there people always tell me that i only ever say 100 pound t-shirts are worth it i've never said that in my life <laughs> <Our> <laughs> t-shirts are 20 pounds and i know <laughs> um they're good for basics in terms of anything um fancier a hundred percent i wait for the sales because you can get a better quality product for the price of premium high street for example you can get like um Where's this jumper? I'm holding up this black and white stripy cashmere knit. Yeah, and this is this was 115 pounds, mm-hmm. and cashmere on the market usually retails about 200 to 400 pounds, depending on what designer wow. is. So that's 115 pounds, and I've actually seen cashmere jumpers at Zara for 180 pounds, and I've and the going rate I think at somewhere like Whistles or Jigsaw is about 200. Wow. So yeah, I really advocate for the sales. The Outnet is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's like Netta Porter's kind of like off-season items. And if you know your style or you understand what you need in your capsule wardrobe, for example, that's, you're never going to feel like, oh, I'm missing out. Like I'm not in the latest trend because why does that matter? That's very true. Wow, you have blown my mind (laughs) in this episode here. You've given us so many gems. Thank you so much. Thank you. Honestly, this has been incredible. Anyone who is listening who wants to find you and stay up to date with your Instagram stories and your TikToks and everything, especially for the Mindful Monday, I'm telling everyone to follow you on Instagram for that. But if they want to follow you anywhere, where can they find you? So I'm on Instagram and TikTok and my username is Andrea Chiong underscore and I know people don't know how to spell my name. (laughs) I'm going to put it in the episode (laughs) description anyway, so don't worry, it's going to be in there. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. And everyone listening, thank you for listening and we're back in next week. Bye, guys. Bye.